Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Man, I hope all you guys are doing well. It's certainly uh, good to see all of you here today. Uh, just kind of give you some direction. This morning, we are actually going to wrap up our current series, uh, which is called uh, Spirit, Soul, and Body. So if you're taking notes, this is part five. And uh, I'll just say this as always, if you've missed a part of this series, uh, we highly encourage you to go back and uh, check it out on our podcast or go watch it on YouTube. So uh, let's pray and we will hop in to today's message. So Father, we thank you just for your spirit and your presence, God, today. We thank you for your anointing, and we just ask that you would come and you would speak loud and clear, God, to every one of our hearts and every one of our lives. Father, we pray, God, that in our own hearts today we would get hungry because you said, Bless are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And God, we want to be a people that's full of your presence, that's full of your glory, that's full of your love and your joy and your peace. And uh, God, all the rest that you have for us. And so, Lord, thank you for coming and doing only what you can do today. God, we come, God, expecting. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so for today's message, I actually want to uh, turn our attention to what I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, is God's ultimate desire, we could even say his goal, when it comes to this subject of spirit, soul, and body. And that is this, if I can just say it this way, the main reason that God wants us to crucify our flesh and its desires, the main reason that God wants us to uh, renew our minds through the word of God, and the main reason that God actually wants to heal us from all the wounds of our past, is because he actually wants you and I to be led by the Spirit. Can I hear an amen on that? Listen, that that is God's desire, that we as His children would be a people who are Spirit-led. Amen? So let's start off today and let's read a portion of Scripture out of Philippians chapter 2. Just lay down a quick foundation. Uh, I'll just say this. We're going to lay down a biblical foundation. Then we're going to get super practical. And my hope is, is that in the practicality of this, that it will also be applicable. And you can walk out of this place and you can begin to recognize some things and apply it to your life. Uh, how many of you guys know if we can't apply the Word to our life, we might as well go on home, right? Amen. So let's look at Philippians 2, 6 through 11. It says, though he, talking about Jesus, was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. And then verse 7, it says, instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Can somebody say human? Then it says, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Aren't you thankful for that? And then it says, therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. And at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Great verse. Now, listen, the reason I want to start off with this passage this morning is because I want us to actually remember that it is true. This verse is true that Jesus Christ actually came, as it says in verse 7, as a human. In fact, the Bible says this in John chapter 1, verse 14. It simply says, so the word, we know that's Jesus, became human or became flesh and he made his home among us. 
Now, I don't know about you, but when I read those two scriptures, to me, I just think, man, that's a crazy thought to think that the God of the universe actually humbled himself enough to clothe himself with his creation, to clothe himself with humanity. That never gets old, right? So, listen, if these verses are true, and they are, without shout it out, they are, then that means that we should be able to, don't miss this, that we should be able to actually look into the life of Jesus and actually locate the three parts of our, um, of our three-part being, that we should actually look and see in Jesus' life, spirit, soul, and body, if he actually put himself in a position to clothe himself with humanity. And I believe that's the case. In fact, I want to show you three verses. It says this in Matthew 4. There's more, but we'll, we'll zero it down to these. It says in Matthew 4, 1 and 2, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And it says, After he had gone without food for 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. Now, what part of Jesus' being became hungry? His body, right? Now listen to what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26. It says this. It says, Then he said to them, them as his disciples, he said, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. And he said, Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and praying, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup or let this suffering pass from me. Nevertheless, key words here, not as I will, but as you will. So what part of his being was Jesus struggling with as he was literally looking down the, you know, if you will, the, the face or the barrel of the gun, knowing that he was about to die right on the cross? Obviously, the part he was struggling or wrestling with was what he was feeling in his soul, right? We know this is true because in the, in the, uh, in the man's soul, this is a part of him that contains his will to choose between right and wrong. So in other words, he, had a, he actually had the, uh, the chance, if you will, the free will, if you will, to choose if he wanted to obey the Father or not in this moment and obviously knowing what was ahead his emotions were obviously in great turmoil in this moment would we all agree with that and lastly listen to what Jesus prayed on the cross so we saw the body we saw the soul now notice this in Luke 22 it says it was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two thank God for that and then it says, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit what? My spirit. It says, when he had said this, he breathed his last. Why did he breathe his last? Because I want you to notice once again, when our spirits leave this body, guess what? This physical body will die. And that's what happened with Jesus. His spirit left. His physical body died. They put him in a tomb. And three days later, praise God, he rose from the dead. Amen? So now why are these four passages, this is what we're getting at, why are these four passages of Scripture so important to us when we talk about being led by the Spirit? Here's the reason. It's because more often than not, we as believers get so focused on the deity of Jesus, we forget about His humanity. Watch this. Obviously, we all know, we were worshiping this morning, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He always has been and always will be, and He is always worthy of our worship and our glory and our praise, right? Amen? But listen, on the other hand, guess what? Let's not make the mistake of losing sight of the truth that when Jesus walked on the face of the earth, He was 100% God and 100% man at the same time. Watch this. For example, you'll notice if you read the Gospels, you'll see Jesus being referred to as the Son of God. That's the 100% God. And the Son of Man. 
Now, here's where it gets really interesting to me. And once again, we're just laying a foundation. When we read the Gospels, we see angels calling Jesus the Son of God. We see people like Martha, the centurion, the disciples calling him the Son of God. We even see uh, the Father at Jesus' baptism saying, this is my beloved Son. In essence, this is the Son of God, right? And we even see demons, when they're manifesting in people's lives, cry out that basically and call Jesus the Son of God. Now watch this. Here's, here's what I want to see. How many times... Get this, how many times do we actually see Jesus referring to himself as the Son of God? Like read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How many times do we see it? Watch this. It's only a small handful of times. And I'm going to give you the order of what it typically goes in. It's this, is that someone comes to him and says, basically, you're the Son of God. And he simply just acknowledges the fact of what they said is true. Okay, but watch this. But on the other hand, how many times do we see him referring to himself as the Son of Man? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's over or around 70 times. A few examples of this would be, he said what? Foxes have holes, right? Birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another one would be, I want you to know that the Son of Man has been what? Given authority on earth to forgive sins. Or for the Son of Man has come not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, let me just say this. How many of you guys know that there's a big difference between a handful of times, Son of God, and around 70 times, Son of Man? Like, significantly different, right? And I just think this. Do we honestly think for a moment that that was coincidental? Like, not a chance. Jesus was way too intentional for that. Yes? Yes. So I just think this. You know, so often uh, people want to know, man, what was the point? What, like, why was he, what was he trying to make in saying, once again, 70 times that he was the Son of Man? Uh, a lot of theologians would point immediately to a scripture that's found in Daniel where uh, we know that Daniel prophesied about the coming Messiah. And I want to show that to you. It says this in Matthew, sorry, Daniel chapter 7. Verses 13 to 14, it says, As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one, that's God the Father, and was led into his presence. He, the son of man, was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. Great verse, right? Now, now, going back, could that be the reason that Jesus felt the need to say that he was the Son of Man 70-something times or around 70 times? Maybe. But, but did it really take that much to, that many times to say, hey, guys, look, knows me. Right? Listen, so, so watch this. I, I think there was something bigger going on than that. And so I want to suggest to you today, and I'm going to actually give me loads of grace, but I want to suggest to you today that there was another reason Remember what we read a while ago, according to Philippians 2.7, it says he gave up or he set aside his divine privileges. In other words, what that means, when he decided to come and walk on this earth, guess what? He chose to come as a man, just like me and you. And he chose to set aside the parts where he would go, man, if I tap into that, that's my God nature. He set that aside and said, I'm actually going to live life as a man. 
Are y'all tracking? Just like you, just like me, right? And because of this, I believe every time he referred to himself as the son of man, he did it to simply remind us, right, as humans, what was available. We could even say possible for every one of us who were willing to be led by the Spirit. Am I making sense to you guys today? So I want you to think about this for a moment. If we actually pull back and we think that, man, Jesus accomplished everything he did, every word, every action, every miracle, what, you, you name it, right? Every motive that he had towards people. If he did all of that simply because he was God, guess what? At the end of the day, and I don't mean this disrespectful, but that's kind of like good for you, but that stinks for us. Right? And the reason is, is because if he did all that as God, then how would it ever be possible to follow his example like he told us to? It would be absolutely impossible, guys. Right? We would be sitting back and we'd be shooting at a target that was constantly moving. Right? And I'll just say it this way we would be doomed to fail. Right? And we'd be forced to live a spiritual roller coaster life where, man, all we got to do, man, is, is we're going to remain as slaves to the impulses of our flesh and we're going to live from the instability of our emotions. Right? If that's the way he did it. But watch this. But if Jesus did everything he did as a man, right, who still had to contend with the same impulses and temptations of the flesh, if he still had the free will to think and act on his own accord, meaning he had the ability to obey the Father or not obey the Father, if he literally did this as a man, that means he had the same emotions running through his veins like we do. And I just think if that's the case, then guess what, guys? That gives you and I a lot of hope. Right? That, that man, literally at the end of the day, man, if, if he could live like that, then maybe we could too if we would simply choose to be led by the Spirit like he was. Now listen, if you're sitting here today and you go, well, maybe that's new or that's hard to believe, let me give you a verse. Because once again, if we can't back to the Bible, let's go home. Hebrews 4.15 says this. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable... To sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted, watch these next words, knowing exactly how it feels to be what? Human. In every respect as we are. Get that. In every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. Guys, there's nothing in your life that will ever happen that Jesus can't relate to. Understand that. So watch this. So let me be clear on something here, okay? Because guess what? We're all in a sanctification process. We're all growing. We're all moving forward. So, so listen, we have, I'll say it this way, we have spent a lot of years doing what we've done to get where we're at. And guess what? That's not going to change overnight, okay? But, but if I can make something clear, when we talk about what Jesus accomplished about being led by the Spirit, if we begin to be led by the Spirit, does that mean we will never sin again? Does that mean we won't struggle with the things of this flesh or be tempted by the devil or respond out of our soul wounds from time to time again? Absolutely not, right? But what it does mean is this, is that if Jesus gained victory as a man against all the traps, the trials, the temptations of this world because he was led by the Spirit, then that should be really great news to our ears. Amen? It should be encouraging. All right, so what I want to do now is I want to shift gears. And listen, this is 
extremely simple, extremely practical. So just hang with me and give me loads of grace here today, all right? But, but what I want to do for the rest of our time together, I want to take a practical look at what it means to be led by the Spirit. And the reason I'm going to take a practical look is because I actually believe where, that there's people here today that think, man, that, that being led by the Spirit is this foreign concept or it's this thing that's so far out there they'll never be able to grab. And I want you to know today, if you are born again, if the Spirit of God lives inside of you, then you're probably being led by the Spirit more than you realize. So if you can hear me, quit overcomplicating everything, and let's just get simple and go, God, how are you interacting with me on a day-to-day basis? And let me actually begin to pay attention to that and recognize that instead of ignoring it and brushing it off, but actually begin to walk with you in every area of my life. Am I making sense? So let me give you two verses to encourage us all here today. Romans 8.14 says this. It says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Are there any children of God in the room today? Yes. Then guess what? Promise we can be led by the Spirit. Let me show you Galatians 5.25. It says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow or let us walk. That's what another translation says. Let's follow the Spirit's leading. Where? In every part of our lives. Look, once again, I think these two verses should only give us confidence that God desires to come alongside of us, right? And, uh, and actually, let me, not, let me actually say it right. He didn't just come alongside us. He came inside of us, okay? And, and he is wanting to not only lead us, but guys, guess what? He is actually willing to do that in every single part of our lives. So, listen, there's a lot of people out there that act like, and listen, if this is you, if the shoe fits, wear it and change it, okay? Trade your shoe in today, okay? But, but listen, there's so many people out there that, that act like God is just interested in their spiritual well-being, right? Like, I got to straighten up. It's all about sin, right? And I want you to understand that if you can stop today and understand you got a really good dad, okay, that is interested in everything you're interested in. You get that? Every single area that you're interested in, he is. So let me just kind of give you some examples. Guess what? That means he actually wants to be involved in your finances. Yeah? That means he wants to be involved in your business decisions. That he wants to be involved in every relationship. And most definitely your marriage. And most definitely in raising your kids. Right? If you're young, he, is, he wants to be involved in your educational development, even your spiritual development, right? We'll say it that way as we read the word. But even this in our service opportunities, you can go on down the line. Whatever you say today, I want you to know he is interested, right? Literally interested in every single area. And watch this. He is willing to lead you in that area if you would just simply invite him in. Okay, so I'm saying that because some of us have fallen into a pattern and a habit if we put God in a church box and we live the rest of our lives. Look, when you walk with God, everything is sacred. So there is no sacred and this is secular. No, we just walk with Jesus, right? And so Jesus wants to be involved in everything, right? All right, so let me just say this for clarity's sake before we get rolling here. Um, Biblically, we know that, that God has led his people through the years through, obviously, what's the number one way? It's through his word, right? If it doesn't line up with the word, reject it. Okay? But listen, but he also comes and gives us dreams. He gives us visions, right? He'll give us prophetic words, and he'll actually move with supernatural occurrences in our lives, right, if we're open and willing to walk with him. Is that true? Yes, okay? So listen, I don't want to take away from the validity of any of those things, but today I actually want to intentionally look at uh, some of what we'll say 
for lack of better words, some of the areas that aren't as spectacular, but they're definitely just as supernatural, okay, in how God is leading us. Making sense? All right, once again, the goal here is so you can recognize that he's already leading you here. So three common ways. I say that because you're not going to get loads of great revelation. I just want you to recognize today. The first way, we're looking at three common ways God leads us. Number one, as I would say, outside the Bible, the most common way that God leads us is by, number one, our inner witness. In other words, have you ever been and you said, man, I just have this impression, right? Man, I just got this intuition. Or, man, I just, man, I just, I just know that that's that. That's that. Am I making sense? Am I the only one? All right, we're going to help some of y'all today. Here we go. So the writer of Proverbs said this in Proverbs 20, 27. He said, the spirit of a man. You remember, you are spirit, soul, and body. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. Now, once again, remember, that's the part of you that's born again. That's the part of you that is connected with God, right? In perfect harmony with God, in relationship with God, that's where God speaks, all right? So once again, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, or some translations say the candle of the Lord. Now, if I could just add this, I think if this verse was being written today, it would say something along along the lines of this, that the spirit of a man is the flashlight of the Lord, Okay, and the reason I say that is this, is is when do we need a flashlight, right? Is it when the sun is shining outside and everything's bright and everything's great? Like, like dude, you're, you're a, uh, I probably don't need to say the word I'm thinking, you're goofy. I'll say it that way. If you're walking around with a flashlight turned on in the middle of the day, like something's wrong with you, Jack, right? So anyways, so, but I think this, it's like the, the only time we need a flashlight is obviously when it's dark outside and we can't see where to walk. True or not true? So watch this, but the amazing thing happens when we're actually walking in the dark and we actually turn on the flashlight and not only lightens up the area we're in, but guess what? It shows us where we need to step, right? It shows us how we should move forward, right? So likewise, the Spirit of God will do that for us through our born-again spirit if we're paying attention. Because listen, there's not a single one of us in this, in this room that hasn't been at some point in your life when you said, I don't know what to do. Right? I'm confused. I don't know if I need to go right, if I need to go left, if I need to stop, if I should go backwards, should I go forward. Man, I don't know what to do. And I'm trying to tell you, it's in those moments where so often we wait for something that's spectacular when God's just trying to say, look, I already got something supernatural happening in you. Follow your gut. I'm making sense. So let me say this for all my analytical friends in the room because I know you're here. Okay? In other words, you think so loud we can hear you thinking. All right? So please notice that, the, that literally the guy that wrote the proverb there, okay, Solomon, he didn't say that the mind of a man, the mind of a man is the lamp of the Lord. All right? Watch this. It's not that God wants us to be ignorant. He gives us the mind of Christ. We renew our minds, all of those things, right? But listen, if you're going to walk with God, there's going to be plenty of times in this walk of faith where your head will be telling you one thing and your heart or your spirit man will be telling you something completely different. And it's at those moments you and I have a choice to make. Will we follow what our head says or will we follow what our spirit is screaming? Am I making sense? Listen, uh, far too often I have seen wonderful men and wonderful women uh, simply ignore what they're feeling on the inside and they go with what their head is telling them. And I want you to know, 20 plus years of walking with Jesus, I have seen so many people make that mistake. And ultimately what happens is, is they miss God. 
Okay, literally, I, you know, while I was studying, I, I thought about uh, people that are in business. I actually know people in business that have made this mistake. And what happens is, is this, is they are living their life. They're honoring God. They're loving God. They're just doing their thing. And an opportunity comes along. And the opportunity from the natural looks really great, right? Like, man, that would give me better connections. Man, that would give me more jobs. And that would provide more money for me and my family. So all on the outside, it looks great. But something in here is like, eh. And what they do is they ignore that and they brush that off and they decide to go, you know, full board in with the business partner or the business adventure, whatever it is. And what happens is, is you speed up and give a little bit of time and the wheels fall off the thing and all the things, all the promises, all the glitter, all the glamour that they thought was going to come from it. Guess what? None of it happens. They fall flat on their face. Right? Why? Because they were walking in the dark. The flashlight was not turned on. Yes? So let me give you another example. For me personally, okay, I'm just like you. I don't always nail it. Sometimes I miss it myself. One time this guy came in our church, and, uh, and so this was years back, and he came into church, and he wanted to be friends with me. And, and, you know, a lot of times when you're in leadership, it's not like you have a, a great plethora of friends running around. Leadership, if you let it, will be really lonely. Okay, so this guy came around the same age. He reminded me a little bit of my older brother. And I thought, man, this would be a great guy to hang out with. And everything inside of me was screaming, Quentin, run away from this guy. (laughs) Right. And in my head, here's what I told myself. I said this, "Uh, I can help him. And so I ventured off and fast forward three years. And I don't know if I helped him at all. And so what happened? The guy ended up lying about me, ended up trying to deceive me, all these things, and everything ended really bad. And the thought I had was this, is, man, Holy Spirit, why didn't I just listen to you? Like, it could have been so different if I would have just listened. Anybody ever been there? Let me give you one other example, and we'll move. Um, I was reading this week when I was studying, I actually read this portion of the book. It talked about a minister who had had three uh, like really bad accidents, car accidents, him and his family uh, in three in a one-year period. And here's what's amazing. When another minister came alongside of him to kind of console him and comfort him, say, man, I'm sorry that you guys have been through that. The minister actually confessed and he said this. He said, you know, they're really all my fault. And the reason is because I knew on the inside, I knew there was an inner witness that I did not need to be driving that day, that we didn't need to go there, we didn't need to do that. And I ignored it, and what happened was we got in an accident all three times, and I almost got my family killed because basically I was unwilling to listen. I'm making sense to you guys. So, so listen, th- there's a, a, vari- a variety of degrees or levels, however you want to say it, of basically the consequence of what can happen if you ignore this voice. Because what I've learned a lot of times is this, is when I get in, my, get in life and I feel this gut check, guess what? Most of the time it's God trying to protect me. Amen. Yes? So let me also say this. Once again, I'm talking to the, our analytical friends in the room. Listen, uh, there, there's a lot of times where analytical people will try to wait until their head and their heart line up before they're willing to step out and do something for God. Listen, I want you to know today that if you're going to wait for your head and your heart to line up before you do something to God, you're not ever going to do much. Okay, and the reason is, is I'll say this, because most of the time they don't make any sense, and most of the time they don't connect, right? Like it doesn't connect for a, an Alabama redneck boy to come up to Maine and come preach. That doesn't compute, right? And so the thing is, a lot of times because we're waiting, once again, for our brain to connect with our heart, we are literally stuck in 
park spiritually. And what happens is, and this will let you know if you're there today, is because you are so irritated and frustrated. Keyword, you're disappointed because you're not bearing the fruit that you think you should be bearing. And the reason is, is because you're overanalyzing and you're making it too complicated. I'm making sense to you. So once again, I'm going to ask you, just like the question before, is can you imagine how, how different your life would be if you would truly just walk in faith and not just know it from here, but actually live it, of how different it would be and what God could actually do? Amen? Amen. So let me just maybe say this, kind of help you guys, because once again, I want, I, want to, I want to describe a few things because I want you to recognize what's happening in you, okay? And I want you to recognize that it's your inner inner witness and God's talking to you. So I'll just say it like this. When there's those times where you feel that check on the inside, it's kind of like this. Here's the way it feels. You can't put your finger on it. You don't have a voice from heaven. You don't have a Bible verse. You don't have a prophetic word warning you, right? You just know deep down in your gut, man, that you feel unsettled and something is off. Once again, that is God's protection, right? So listen, it's at those times I have personally learned that when I get in that spot and there's no peace, I tell myself this. I'm hoping you remember this. I say to myself, Quentin, when in doubt, throw it out. And I won't move forward. I'll dig my heels in. It doesn't matter what people are saying, what people are trying to get me to do. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter their view of someone or something. Literally, if I don't have peace, I refuse to move unless I hear some clear direction from the Lord. Why? Because I don't want my, the fear of man to put me in a position to miss God. Yeah? So, but on the flip side, watch this, because there is another side. Listen, there's also been times, and I believe you've experienced it, guess what? When it literally does not make sense in the natural, but deep down on the inside, we just know it's right. Like, man, we're settled, we're at peace. And truly, a lot of times when something I know that's Jesus in my life is because there's an excitement to it. And I don't have the details. I'm just pumped. Right? And so, listen, it's that kind of inner witness for me personally that has accompanied everything from establishing new relationships, right, to ministry decisions. Even in this, when I was... When I was uh, 21 years old, I actually heard about this guy, this pastor, and I heard that he was looking for a youth pastor, right? And he was looking at one of my friends, but I was so pumped about the thing. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. It was literally, it was at Christmas time. How many of you guys know when, when, uh, man, when you're a southerner, man, and you can't eat at Christmas time, something's wrong, right? So, because I love me some sweets, right? And, and so, but literally, man, I could, literally, I could not eat, I couldn't sleep because I was dreaming about working for this guy that I never even met. You know, in, in, in the natural, he wasn't looking at me. He didn't even know me. I lived in Louisiana, he lived in North Carolina, and two months later, I was working there. I'm making sense. But, but there was a genuine assignment, and hear me, guys, I never heard some incredible prophetic word. There was nothing spectacular. There was just a knowing inside. Man, that is where I'm supposed to go. Because why? A man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Amen? Amen. So listen, I've just learned in my life, man, when, when I just know that it's the right thing. I've just learned, man, when I have that, I just know that I know moment that I have to do this. Please remember this. I have to follow the peace. Okay? And, and here's the way I look at it. I'm going to give it to you really simple. I actually look at that like a, like a traffic light, right? That, that if there's no peace, it is like a red light. Stop. Do not move. And there's times where, I feel, where I've literally felt like there's a yellow light, and it's this. Quentin, you need to proceed with caution, okay? 
Keep moving forward, but I will show you something. Don't, don't be hasty. Don't run full board in there. Just, just tread softly, son. And then there's times where, once again, it was like that moment where I know there's peace, that there's a green light. And at that spot, I know my, my spirit is bearing witness with his spirit, and all systems are a go from God's perspective. Now I just need to have the patience to wait on God's timing. Am I making sense, you guys? All right, in my opinion, another common way that God leads us, is number two, is through this, is through our inner voice. I'm going to ask you for loads of grace on this one, okay? A lot of times people refer to inner, our inner voice as our conscience or our uh, basically a still small voice. If you're with me, say, oh yeah. oh, yeah. So if I can frame it up, think about like this. How many times have we asked ourselves in a moment in our life, right? We hear something and we go, hmm. I don't know if that was my thought or if that was God speaking. Like, was that me or was that him? Am I the only one that's ever been there? Like, man, right? And, and here's what I've found. This is why this is so important. i found when most of us can't discern the difference right there, we ignore it and we move on. And I want you to know that a lot of us are missing cool opportunities from Jesus when we just move on right there. Yeah? And the funny part is, let me maybe even kind of, kind of get ahead of myself here a little bit. But, but a lot of times when I know that that's, uh, when that's God talking to me, it's simply this. It's because I wasn't thinking about it. Right? Like my mind was on Alabama football, praise Jesus. And then I, this moment comes and it's like, boom, out of nowhere. And I go, man, that, that's got to be him. Right? All right. So, so here's where I'm asking for a little bit of grace. Because I don't want to look like I'm following on my doctrinal rocker here, okay? But listen, but, but I actually believe that just as our outward man has a voice, like when people hear us, that's our outer man's voice. You're hearing my outer man's voice right now. I believe so does our spirit man. We're talking about an inner voice here, okay? And so I think that there are times in our life when our spirit man who has been redeemed, right? The life of God's in there, right? Is connected with God. We'll do this, for lack of better terms, we'll speak up on the inside of us so loud that our outer man, our mind, hears it, and it tells us actually what we need to do. We call it conscious. It's not Jiminy Cricket. All right? It's your inner voice talking to you. Watch this. Let me give you an example. I remember one time I was praying, and I, don't, I, don't, I wasn't praying anything along the lines of what happened. I was just praying, right, working through some things. And, and out of my mouth came this, this comment, strong, God desires truth in the inward parts. And it, and it literally caught me off guard because there's times where you're, when you're really locked in and you're really well, God, there's things that literally you, you're like, uh, how can I say it? You're second on the list. It came from somewhere else, and you get to hear it. And that was one of those moments. It came blurted out of my mouth, and I heard it, and it literally stopped dead in my tracks. And I was like, whoa, what is that about? And I realized in a moment, because how many of you guys know God can give you an impression, and immediately, you know, he, you know it would take a man five, five minutes to say it, and he can give it to you in a moment, right? And, and what I realized at that moment is, is I personally fell into a habit of if I was telling someone a story, I could remember about 85 to 90% of the story and I began to tell it. But the little whatever 10%, 15% that I didn't really remember, I just kind of filled in the blanks as I went. Right? My intentions, because I value truth, right? My intention was not to lie. But the reason, man, when, God, when he said that, literally, God desires truth in the inward parts, I realized that God was saying, look, that's unacceptable. 
right? Stop doing that, right? Stop lying, right? And, and so here's the thing. Watch this. I want you to notice God desires truth in the inward parts. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't this. I desire truth in the inward parts. And so it's because of the word missing, not I, but God desires. I also believe that was my spirit man telling my outer man where he needed to line up with the word of God. Because once again, listen, your inner man is born again, and it knows the heart and the will of God. And it's not ever going to tell you anything contrary to what God is saying or what God wants. Am I making sense to you all? Okay. You can take that, leave that. doesn't really matter. All right? But, but let me give you another example here of where I think that happened for me. Uh, when, when we used to live in South Louisiana, bless God, good food. Um, it's getting around lunchtime. So anyways, so when, when, when we lived in South uh, Louisiana, we actually lived in a ministry housing uh, that was uh, nicknamed the hut. All right. The hut was basically a square building that concrete floors and it had a bathroom in the end. It was just big one open room, had a little kitchenette in it and uh, just bunk beds and dudes just slept in it. Right. And so anyways, so where we lived, it was super flat. And so every time it would rain, because we were right beside a football field, every time it would rain, it would flood the property. There was, I think, 17 acres, whatever there, and it would flood it. And so uh, it started raining, and we knew it was going to be raining for a while. And so we went in there, and we got all of our valuables, and we put it on the top bunk. Did y'all get that? All of our valuables, and we put it on the top bunk. We, we, young, poor, didn't have much. It all fit right there, right? And uh, in fact, two of us, the top bunk guy, the bottom bunk, fit it all up there, right? So all we had. Anyway, so it started pouring down rain, and we put all of our stuff there, and we went outside because it happened, you know, several times before. We took, uh, we already had sandbags, and we had concrete blocks that we would put around the doors to try to protect because how many of you guys know when you get two feet of water in your house, it's not that cool, right? And so... Anyway, so I'm knee-deep in water. It's pouring down rain. I'm cold, and we've been uh, picking up these blocks. We've been, you know, basically just passing it down the line. And I went to go grab another one, and I heard a voice say, there's a snake under that block. And I just kind of paused for a minute, and I had that thought, is that me or is that God? Right? And I knew, once again, I haven't been thinking about a snake. We've just been hustling. We're trying to hurry, Right? And so I, I've been down there, and I approached it way different than I had been. Because, listen, you guys up here, you have snakes that you can play with. Down south, you got snakes that'll kill you. Right? And so, yeah. Anyways, so I, I flipped over the block, and I, and I kind of, you know, did like that. And this uh, snake rolled over in the water. Now, just imagine if I went, that's just me. Right? Am I making sense to you guys? So, all right, so watch this. So maybe I'm missing this. And once again, if I am, forgive me. But listen, the next time we find ourselves wondering if something is God or if it's just our thoughts rolling around in there, uh, before we brush it off, I think we should remember that our spirit man, once again, was made new in Christ. Therefore, the life and the nature of God is in our spirit, right? And so the real question and the mature question at that moment is this, is what I'm hearing does it line up with the word of God or not? And then ask ourselves, would the devil want me to do that? Or would God want me to do that? And I think if we can honestly answer those questions, we can discern what? If we can receive it or if we should reject it. Am I making any sense, you guys? All right, let me give you another common way and we'll land this thing. 
Third way is this, is through the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, do I believe that all three are really the voice of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I do. Okay, I'm just trying to give it to you in some ways that hopefully you can kind of eat it here. Okay, the Holy Spirit's moving in all these. So, number three, the voice of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 23. Let me give you two verses. It says, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. Now, grab a hold of that one. It says, my Father will love them and we... We will do what? Come to them and make our home with them. Key verse. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will do what? He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. Do you understand that? That he only says what he hears the Father and Jesus say. Okay? And then he says this, he will tell you about the future. That's pretty cool. All right, so understand this. According to these verses, that when we actually were born again, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of us. That's good news, right? Yes? That's, That's better than what you're aware of, clearly. All right? Listen, so that means he abides in our spirits. Therefore, when he communicates with us, he doesn't speak on the air. He doesn't even speak to our natural brain. What he does is he actually speaks directly to our spirits. So listen, however you want to describe it, the Holy Spirit actually does this, according to what John said, passes the Father's message onto our spirits, either by the inner witness, number one, right, and inner voice, number two, or by his voice, which comes how, and this is how you can really discern, typically comes in a more direct and authoritative way than the first two. Right? Let me just give you an example, okay? I remember one day, I've told you guys this before, I was walking through my house in North Carolina, and I was just, uh, came rolling out of my office, went around the corner, going through our little den, and I went to go hit the steps to go upstairs, and right before I stepped, I heard this, I never said that Martha chose the wrong thing. I just said Mary chose the better thing. The key thing was there. It wasn't some, it wasn't said God desires. No, no, no. It was I. There was a directive. I remember when I was living in South Louisiana before I went to that job in North Carolina. I remember I, I went outside and I prayed and I told Jesus everything I needed in life. And I went back inside and I sat down and I started drawing and, and then, uh, and whatever, I'll give you the fast thing. I looked at my art box. There was a piece of paper. I opened it up, and it simply said this. I just spent 30 minutes telling Jesus everything I needed, and I taught the whole time, and I rolled back in the house. And I opened up this piece of paper, and it said this, and I wrote it down weeks before, just kind of threw it in there. Like I heard it, wrote it down, threw it in the box. And I opened it up, and it simply says this. The Lord takes his time to listen to you. Why can't you take your time to listen to him? Put shoes on, time to go back outside. All right, I'm listening, right? And here's what I heard him say. He said this. He said, I will contact who needs to be contacted. I will reach who needs to be reached. And he was done. I hung out for a little longer in case there was some more. Went outside, watch this. And then, and then guess what? What he said, watch this, temptation came the next day. I went to the office and somebody said, hey, there's all these jobs open in this state and that state. You mean throwing a good word for you and do this? I said, no. God said, and guess what? He did it. Yeah. Right? Am I making sense? So anyways, 
So, so listen, my hope is, once again, that you can begin to maybe sit back and begin to discern how he's already talking to you. Like my hope today, my prayer this morning was simply this, is that while you were listening, that you would remember times where God had given you that inner witness. You felt that nudge, that intuition, that knowing, where you just knew that you knew. And then other times you know, yeah, I've heard that before. I've heard, I've heard sentences come up. I've heard words come up. That Understand that that's God talking, right? And then there's times where, guess what? Maybe a scripture comes to your mind out of nowhere, or he just says something very bold and direct inside of you. That's God talking to you, and he's trying to do what? He's trying to lead you by his spirit. So some of us have been taught things that God doesn't even talk anymore, and that's a lie. Listen, he didn't just say some stuff so the Bible could get written, and then, okay, now he's done. He went mute. He's still interacting with us, yes? Yes. So let me say this, okay? Because um, obviously the goal here is that we would leave today and we'd be more spirit conscious than when we came in. That we would understand that we need to be more sensitive to the spirit than the way we were when we came in the room, okay? And understand that that is a process, that we do grow in that. But I want to say something today. Listen, I realize that in this room, uh, a lot of us are comes from different church backgrounds. What I'm about to say, some of you may go, I don't believe that. Some of you may go, ah, I'm kind of curious about it. And some of you guys may say wholeheartedly, I'm with that. But I'll say for me and that woman over there, the reason we pray in tongues as much as we do, is because we want to be sensitive to these areas. See, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says that he that speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to man, but he speaks to God, that his mind is unfruitful, but his spirit is fruitful. Why? Because it's hearing from God. So listen, if you believe it or not, it's fine, but listen, your spirit, man, is a place of transfer, Right? So I believe, because the Bible says we actually pray the perfect will of God when we pray in tongues, to understand that what happens is, is when he speaks, right, he begins to reveal there's a transfer of my spirit, and I speak out the word of God, and I speak out the, the will of God when I'm praying in the spirit. And so what I do personally, right, I get in a spot, and I'll say this, because I have issues just like you got. I'm pastoring a church. There's tons of people with issues. <laughs> Okay, are y'all hearing me? We have them of our own. And what I do is I say, you know what, because I don't know the answer. And I say this, Lord, you see what's going on, right? Like this morning before I came, I probably prayed in tongues for an hour before I got here today. Okay, maybe more than that. But I'm just like, Lord, I need to be sensitive to what you're saying and what you're doing, right? Because I just know if I just stay up here in old blockhead all the time, then what happens is, is I'm going to miss things left and right. But if I'm locked in, if I'm tuned in, if my, if my radio's at the right station, then I'm going to pick up things more often than not. And that's why even this, when I go pray for people, I just don't just start praying and blurting out things. No, no, I wait. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? What do you want to do, right? And I listen to the inner man, and I believe God speaks to me, and then that's where the gifts begin to flow. I'm making sense to you guys. So, so listen, please understand today, uh, it is not, as so many people have acted, Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who is breathing and moving among us. Like, my heart is this, and I'll be done for the day. It's simply this, is that when I get and I study and I pray, I believe, because all scriptures God breathe, I say, God, would you please exhale revelation into my life today. And I pray as you exhale that I would inhale, and then when I stand up for your people, that I would simply exhale, God, what you say. But you need to be locked in to do that. Amen? Amen. Thank you for joining us today. 
Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.